What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. The new year has come and gone, and that can only mean a bunch of things. But what it specifically means for us is playoff football baby nfl playoffs they are beginning welcome to the wild card weekend episode of my weekly nfl football pick show for the 2019-2020 nfl season happy 2020 to all of my fellow nfl youtube progs as well as all of my listeners around the world and it still freaks me out that i can say all of my listeners from around the world so here's what we're going to do. The format of the show remains basically the same. Obviously, we have no fantasy to talk about. We're also losing one of our two pick'em pools to talk about after this week. So we're going to talk about how week 17, the final week of the NFL regular season went, what my regular season records were straight up against the spread and over under, talk about the pick'em pools, do my plugs, and then we get into the games for wildcard weekend. My results from week 17 don't come as a great surprise because of the lack of preparation that I was really able to put into the show. It was really thrown together last week. I do apologize, but hey, we got a live stream out of it, and the live stream was awfully fun for the folks that uh, stopped in to take a peek. And I consistently had like 10 to 12 viewers throughout the whole time. It was a fun little live stream. Only went seven and nine straight up, which is about right around where I kind of thought I was going to land after the episode was done. I was like, oh boy, certainly not my best performance picks wise. And that also played itself out against the spread where I only went five and 11 in the 16 games against the spread in week 17, really ending the season with a whimper rather than a roar. However, on the totals, I did go 11 and 5 because there were a ton of overs that hit in week 17. The defenses, for the most part, seemed to stay home. So I did go 11 and 5 on the totals. So at least I can kind of feel good about that. But I will be the first person to sit here and tell you this was a down season. It was a down season for me, basically across the board, even straight up. I didn't get to the point that I am used to being at with picking the games. Straight up on the season only went 154, 101, and 1. That is one of my worst seasons, just picking the game straight up. And that goes to show you the kind of standard that I set for myself, at the very least, straight up. Because that's only a 60% clip. I'm much more used to being in that 160 to 165 range, somewhere in there. I think I've hit 170 before, but now I can't remember. So I'm more used to that like 63, 64% range, something like that. So just didn't work out for us this season, but next season is brand new. Against the spread and over under, both under 500, under 50%. Against the spread, a really poor mark of 114, 137, and 5. That's only 45%. That is terrible. That's like at least a full... 10 percentage points below where I would be comfortable being. I like I'd like to be 55% pushing towards 60. That way I know if I was betting in Vegas, I'd be certainly be making some money. On the totals, I was really close. 124, 129 and 3. If I had those three pushes go my way, I'm just like one or two picks away from being 500. It's 48%. I'd like it to be better, but I've had some really bad seasons on the totals, so I guess you know what? I'll take it. In total, across all of my NFL picks from this regular season, I was 392, 
367 with nine pushes or ties. That's only a clip of 51.04%. So it wasn't a failure, but it wasn't exactly a strong performance. I would like to see that number be much closer to 55, 56, pushing towards 60 grand total. And that's kind of what I'm looking at big picture for next season. Obviously, certainly getting those numbers up, but I would like to be at least 65% straight up. I'd like to be at least 55% against the spread, and I'd like to be over 500 on the totals. That's what I'm shooting for next season, and I'm putting it down, making it official right now. Taking a peek at both the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube Prognosticator's Pick'em Pools through the regular season, I finished my own pool, the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, in 12th place out of 37 in the regular season. And I have to make it a point to let you know this pool continues throughout the playoffs. If you are in this pool and you are making picks, the game continues throughout the playoffs. So make sure you've got your wildcard weekend picks in. You still have confidence point choices to make. So you got to make sure that you get in there and get your picks done. So 12th place out of 37 for the regular season, 1,377 out of 2,064 possible confidence points. It's a clip of 67%. It's not terrible, but I'd like it to be much closer to where our overall leader is. And in week 17, despite only being 7 and 9, I did bring in 72 out of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 53%. So again, not a failure, certainly not my strongest performance. Shout out to our Week 17 winner, Davidson Troops. And I feel like I might have called your name once before this season, but I can't remember right off the top of my head. A very strong 12-4 and four Week 17. 109 out of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 80%. A very strong week to finish the season. Davidson Troops wins Week 17. Justin V remains the overall leader and by extension wins the regular season, to, uh, so to speak. 163, 92, and 1 straight up. 1,448 out of 2,064 possible confidence points. A clip of 70%. Like I said, that's the championship clip. And it's good enough for Justin V to win the regular season. Now, in the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Pick'em Pool, things are done. That pool does not continue through the playoffs, so it is only regular season. So here we go. I finished in that pool 11th place out of 36 with my 154 correct straight-up picks out of the 256 games played this season, a clip of around 60%. And in week 17, I only brought in seven of the 16 games correct. That's only 44%, certainly a far cry from where you like to be and where I have peaked this year. Shout out to our week 17 winner, Prager. Prager 13 and 3 in week 17. A hell of a performance to close the season. 13 of the 16 games correct is a clip of 81%. Was good enough for Prager to take the week 17 crown. And our overall champion, Bubsy's Picks. Bubsy took the lead, built what became an insurmountable lead. It did kind of close there at the end of the regular season, but Bubsy's Picks still winds up with the victory. 170 correct straight up picks out of the 256 games played this season. That is a clip of 66%. Two out of three ain't bad, Bubsy, and it was good enough for you to be our overall champion champion in the official YouTube Prognosticators Pick'em Pool.
And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts such as this one, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for Wild Card Weekend. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool. You can still join up. If you win a week, you can still get yourself shouted out on the show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. And you can find information on my good friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Now, as I mentioned on the Week 17 live stream on Saturday, I'm working on deepening and strengthening my relationship with Nerd Tees heading into next season. I've got some interesting ideas. Who knows which ones we may see materialize or not, but keep your eyes peeled both to this channel and nerdtees.ca, where you can use my promo code BWFINEST, save yourself 15% at checkout. You can get free shipping in Canada on any order over 75 bucks, or if you're in the US, two clicks of a button, everything is in US dollars for you. You get an excellent conversion rate on the US dollar. Today's blend is my final cup of Japanese orange cooler, a strong citrusy blend, which I really, really enjoyed, and I'll probably be getting another bag of if I can at all possible. Folks, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of great blends on nerdtees.ca. No matter whether you have a sweet tooth, you like specific fruits, you're looking for green teas, black teas, matcha teas, white teas, you can find all of it. Use my promo code, save yourself 15%, get your free shipping in Canada, get your great conversion rate on the US dollar, find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. All right, four games on the schedule. Wild card weekend. Titans at Patriots. Bills at Texans. Vikings at Saints. Rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle. And Seahawks at Eagles. We got an excellent slate of games. Let's take a look at the wild card weekend games. We're going to start in the AFC with that 3v6 matchup. The Tennessee Titans traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. Titans finished up the season at 9-7, the number two team in the AFC South. The Titans also boasted the number three rushing offense in the NFL this season, also just finishing inside the top 10 in terms of scoring offense. So the Titans definitely able to put up their points and move the ball on the ground this season. The New England Patriots, another season with at least 12 wins, 12-4 champions of the AFC East, the Patriots had the number seven scoring offense in the NFL this season, but basically their bread was buttered on the defensive and special teams side of the ball. The number one total defense in football this season belonged to the New England Patriots. They were also the number two secondary in terms of pass defense and the number one scoring defense in the NFL. No head-to-head -head matchups this season between these two teams. For what it's worth, the Patriots picked up a 22-17 victory in Week 2 of the preseason over the Tennessee Titans. Don't think that's worth very much, but there it is. In fact, only one of the four games this week actually saw the two teams play each other in the regular season. The Tennessee Titans had an average four-point margin of victory this season, their average game finishing 25-21. The Patriots with a much larger 12-point margin at 26 
to 14. Once again, number one scoring defense in the NFL. But when you start looking at the last four games, as well as the last four games situationally, that being New England at home and Tennessee on the road, you start to see why the Titans made the playoffs and just how well they played down the stretch. In the last four games, Titans, they were only 2-2 two and two in terms of wins and losses, but outscored opponents by an average margin of 32-24. to 24. That offense really starting to hum towards the latter half of the season. That included a win over Houston, losses to the New Orleans Saints and Houston, as well as a win over the Oakland Raiders. The Patriots in their last four games were an equal record of 2-2, two and two, only outscoring opponents by a five-point margin, 25-20. to 20. Those games included a mind-boggling loss in Week 17 to the Miami Dolphins, wins over Buffalo and Cincinnati, and a loss about a month ago to the Chiefs. And situationally speaking, Tennessee on the road and the Patriots at home, the Tennessee Titans have won three of their last four games away from home, winning those games by an average margin of 11 points, 32-21. to 21. That includes three consecutive wins over the Houston Texans, Oakland Raiders, and Indianapolis Colts. And then if you go back to their fourth game, it was a loss in Carolina. On the Patriots' home field, their last four games – only a record of 2-2 two and two, and only a scoring margin that is exactly even. 19 points for, 19 points against. That Patriots offense struggled at home down the stretch. That included that loss to Miami that we talked about. It included a win against Buffalo, a loss to Kansas City, and then you go back a little further, a win over the Dallas Cowboys couple of extra things we're going to look at before we get into the actual picks for these games is how are the teams doing recently in the playoffs and when I say recently I look at the past three seasons I thought any further than that is kind of maybe stretching things a little bit but look in the last three years have these teams made the playoffs how have they done the Tennessee Titans have two games of playoff experience over the last three years. They do have a victory in there, but they also have a loss. And that loss coming to the New England Patriots, in fact, in the division round back in 2017-18. Meanwhile, the Patriots, uh, nine games of playoff experience in the last three years. I believe they've been to three consecutive Super Bowls. That is three conference titles in the last three years and two of the last three Super Bowl championships. So if you want to talk about which one of these two teams is coming in with more playoff experience, I think it's pretty obvious. Also want to take a look at the injury situation. Significant injuries which could potentially impact this football game. On the Titans side, wide receiver Adam Humphreys, he has a questionable tag heading into this week. He's dealing with an ankle injury. And then also for the Titans on the offensive line, tackle Jack Conklin, one of their better tackles this season, is also burdened with the questionable tag. He is dealing with an injury to his knee. On the Patriots sidelines, all the injury situations, the significant ones anyway, coming on the defensive side of the football, which is obviously something you're going to have to watch out for, for a team that is predicated on its defense. In the secondary, both Jonathan Jones and Jason McCourty have questionable tags. They are each dealing with groin injuries. Be interesting to see whether they play, or if they do play, how limited might they be. Also, Jamie Collins at linebacker in the front seven, he has the questionable tag. He is dealing with a shoulder injury. 
You gotta believe that this is one of the last rides of the old cowboy, or I guess in this case, old cowboys, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You gotta assume that if this isn't it for them, maybe one more year, maybe two more years. Like it's getting, we're getting towards the end of the line. And I know people have been talking about that for what feels like the last decade, but I mean, it's it only gets more true the, the further along it goes. And I genuinely believe in this Tennessee Titans team. The Patriots have not been the impressive juggernaut that I have seen them be in years past and believed them to be. Patriots games weren't a layup to pick this year. Like in years past, they have felt like layups. And I genuinely believe in this Titans team, especially given the fact there is rain in the forecast, which means the game is more likely to be predicated on the ground game than it will be through the air. And given that matchup, it's hard not to go with the guy that just won the rushing crown. So I genuinely believe in the Tennessee Titans. Upset City, the Tennessee Titans go into Gillette Stadium. Tennessee beats the New England Patriots on Wild Card Weekend. First time the Patriots have played on Wild Card Weekend in years, and it is not going to be successful for them. Titans get the win in New England. On the line, the Titans are a five-point underdog in this game. Obviously, I like them to win, so I'm taking the points there at Tennessee plus five. I think this is a situation where you hedge either way. The Patriots were below 500 against the spread at home this year, and they were only 1-2 and two against the spread as a home favorite of under a touchdown, which is what they are here. So they only covered that number once in three chances at home against the spread this year, and that's low enough that I just genuinely think the Titans wind up winning this game. I need to see more from the Patriots' offense than I've seen in the last little bit. A total here in the game is set at 44 points. I actually think this is a pretty darn perfect total. I originally was going over on it, but after I checked the forecast and the fact that there is rain forecast, it's like a 98% chance of precipitation or something silly like that. I think I'm going to lean on the under here. It's like I say, pretty darn perfect total. I think this winds up right around this number, but I'm going to skew on the under in this one. We're going to stay under 44 points in Tennessee, New England, Titans 23, Patriots 20, Tennessee goes to the division round. The other AFC matchup is the 4v5 matchup that sees the Buffalo Bills travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Now the Bills finishing the season at 10 and 6, identical record to Houston. Bills the number 2 seed out of the AFC East. The Bills come into this game offensively, honestly nothing special and pretty well below par. The ninth worst total offense in the NFL from this past season and the 10th worst scoring offense points definitely at a premium in Buffalo Bills games however they did make up for that offensive uh, lack of pop by having the number three total defense in the NFL the number four pass defense and the number two scoring defense so this really is a matchup of Deshaun Watson versus that really stout defense and I told you I told you before the season started that the Bills had a shot, a sneaky shot, to be a top five defense this year. Proof's in the pudding, ladies and gentlemen. 
Titans, as I mentioned, 10 and 6 this season, champions of the AFC South over the Indianapolis Colts. Houston comes into this game having a regular season that saw them on the defensive side almost be inept. The fifth worst total defense in the NFL this season and the fourth worst pass defense. So that secondary really struggled this season while the offense was good, but I can't exactly call the offense great. They didn't really rank highly in any of the significant categories that I looked at. Like with the previous matchup, we did not see a head-to-head matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans this season, and they didn't play in the preseason either. Your average Buffalo Bills football game this season ended in a 20-16 score in favor of the Buffalo Bills, a four-point margin there. Whereas the Houston Texans, they put up 24 points a game, but they also gave up 24 points a game, so they were dead even. Both of these teams kind of stumbling into the playoffs uh, in slightly different contexts. Buffalo only won one of their final four football games in the regular season and were outscored by an average score of 18 to 14. That included back-to-back losses within the division to the Jets in week 17, which was gross, and the Patriots before them. They did pick up the win against Pittsburgh. I believe that was in Pittsburgh. And they also lost to the Ravens about a month ago, but everybody in the league basically can say they've lost to the Ravens. The Texans were even money in their last four games at 2-2, but they were outscored in those games by 8 points, 29-21, to which means the wins were close, the losses were pretty darn lopsided. That included a loss against Tennessee, back-to-back wins against Tampa Bay and Tennessee a few weeks beforehand, and a loss against the Denver Broncos, which you wouldn't think, Denver especially, you would think, probably not a team that a division champion should be losing to. Buffalo had a very strong season this year away from home, and their last four games away from their own building definitely showed that. They were 3-1 and one in their last four, outscoring opponents by a full touchdown, 24 to 17 their only loss there was their last road game of the season which was in new england against the patriots before that they had three consecutive wins against pittsburgh dallas and miami houston finished up their home schedule this season with back-to-back losses they're two and two in their last four at home being outscored once again by an average of about seven points 28 to 21 It was back-to-back losses against Tennessee and Denver, which we mentioned, but wins against the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts. So it's it's the frustrating up and down of the Houston Texans, especially late in the season, that really kind of makes them a little tough to pick. Neither one of these teams come into this game with a ton of recent playoff experience. Buffalo has played one playoff game in the last three years, which was a loss. Houston has played three. They did win one of them, lost two. We also have a pair of potentially significant injuries on both sides here. And again, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that it looks like J.J. Watt is going to come back and play in this game. And that can be an absolutely huge uh, momentum. Like it, it can, that can just that gives you such confidence when you have a player like J.J. Watt coming back from injury earlier than most people expected him to. Could be all the more meaningful considering the fact that Ty Nasecki, uh, one of Buffalo's tackles, is questionable in this game dealing with an ankle injury. So if he plays, he could be at less than 100%. Also on the Bills' defensive line, Shaq Lawson on the edge. He's questionable in this game dealing with a hamstring injury. 
Also a pair of Tennessee Titans defensive backs dealing with injuries heading into this week, both with hamstring injuries. Jonathan Joseph and Bradley Roby, both pretty highly ranked members of that secondary, even though that secondary was not great this year. Those are two significant players, both dealing with hamstring injuries that could severely limit their effectiveness in this game. To me, this is a classic matchup of the team with the better players versus the players that make the better team, if that makes any sense at all. So the team with the better players is Houston. Deshaun Watson's the better quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in football. The Houston Texans have the better players. The Buffalo Bills have players that make a better team. Top to bottom, the Buffalo Bills are a better football team than the Houston Texans. The Buffalo Bills have fewer question marks than the Houston Texans. I am taking the Buffalo Bills in this football game, especially given how strong the Bills played away from their own building this season. It is another upset. It's my second straight upset, but one of these AFC East teams has to win a playoff game, so why not have it be the Buffalo Bills? I'm taking Buffalo in Houston to get the team-wide victory. Buffalo beats Houston. On the line, Houston's a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, which I fully understand. I, I have no problem with them being a home favorite in this game, and it's a small price to pay if you really like them to win. I would expect you would also be taking them to cover. Since I like Buffalo to win, I am happy to take those two-and-a-half points. Go Buffalo plus 2.5. Like I said, they had a very strong season away from home, so much so that they were, in fact, undefeated against the spread. 6 0-2 against the spread away from home this season. I think that continues this week. Total in the game set at 43.5 points. This is a pretty darn perfect total once again. My lean in this one was a little bit towards the over just because I think Buffalo can score enough points on what has been a pretty bad Texans defense as of late. I think they can score enough points to have this thing barely slide over it doesn't fly by any means but i think we're going to go over on this one go over 43 and a half points in buffalo houston let's go bills 24 texans 21 bills on their way to the division round there's the afc slate for you folks time to go to the national football conference now nfc three versus six inarguably the most anticipated game of this week the Minnesota Vikings in New Orleans taking on the Saints. Minnesota 10 and 6 on the season, the number 2 seed out of the NFC North division. The Vikings boasted the number 8 scoring offense and the number 5 scoring defense in the NFL this season. So Minnesota got it done where it counted. They bent in a lot of ways, but they did not break and the two most important categories Points on the board versus points given up. They were inside the top 10 in both of them, inside the top five on the defensive side. The New Orleans Saints, a very impressive 13-3 and record. I, in particular, think it's unfair that a team that's 13-3 and has to play on wildcard weekend, but it is what it is until they change the playoff format. Champions of the NFC South, the Saints were the number nine total offense in football and a top three scoring offense at number three, in the regular season. They also boasted the number four run defense in the NFL, which is a really good thing to have up against a guy, a little old guy named Dalvin Cook. 
These two teams did not play each other in the regular season. They did, however, play week one of the preseason, which was a nine-point victory by the Minnesota Vikings, so much as that matters. These two teams, very similar regular season results. Your average Minnesota Vikings game finished 25-19. to Your average New Orleans Saints game finished 29-21, to both in favor of the teams that we got to talk about. But let's look at how they played down the stretch as we have in the other matchups. The last four games, Vikings only two and two, but they did outscore opponents by a full touchdown and that defense playing very well in the last four games. 22 to 15 was the average score in those games. They did have back-to-back losses to close out the season, a loss against Chicago in week 17 and a loss against Green Bay in week 16 that decided the division. They did have wins prior to that over the Los Angeles Chargers and the Detroit Lions. Saints finished the season on a three-game win streak going three and one over their final four games, outscoring opponents by an average score, get this, 40 to 23. The Saints are the hottest offense in football coming into these playoffs, 40 points average over the last four games those three straight wins were all over non-playoff opponents sorry two were on non-playoff opponents they beat the carolina panthers they also beat the tennessee titans who did make the playoffs and they beat the indianapolis colts they had that loss to the san francisco 49ers about a month ago the crazy ending of that game that really feel like the saints like they have to feel like that was one that they let get away, one that they felt they should have won, but still three and one over the last four and scoring 40 points a game. They don't have too much to hang their heads about. Situationally speaking, both of these teams with relatively strong endings to the campaign, Minnesota two and two in their last four road games, but outscored opponents by six points, 30 to 24. So the offense really taking an uptick away from home that included a win over the chargers a loss in seattle a win in dallas and a loss in kansas city new orleans final four home games of the season there are a couple of losses in there they were also two and two outscored opponents by a field goal 31 to 28 that included a win over the colts the aforementioned loss against san francisco they beat the carolina panthers but had a loss about uh you know four games ago at home to the Atlanta Falcons. That was one of the early games in Atlanta's absolute white hot streak to end the season. In the last three years, the Saints have double the playoff experience of the Minnesota Vikings as a team. The Saints have played four playoff games where Minnesota has only played two. However, those two games did come in the 17-18 season where their one win in those two games came against this New Orleans Saints football team, the 17-18 division round, what came to be known as the Minneapolis Miracle. The Saints in their four playoff games over the last three years are two and two. All of the significant injuries that I can see or significant injury concerns that I can see in this matchup all come on the defensive side of the football. I think we're going to see plenty of points. And there are some big ones for the Minnesota Vikings. 
At linebacker, Eric Kendricks, one of the highest-ranked linebackers in the NFL this season per Pro Football Focus, he is questionable with a quad injury, so if he doesn't play, that could be a significant loss for them. In the secondary, Andrew Sendejo, he's questionable in this game. He only has an illness, so I would imagine that he's going to play, but he does still carry the questionable tag as of recording time. And on the defensive line, so it's actually all three levels of the Vikings' defense, but two big injuries, or concerns anyway, in the front seven. On the defensive line, it's Ifeadi Odenigbo, and I'm sure I pronounced his name wrong, but I don't think I've ever had to pronounce that name before. He is questionable with a hamstring injury, so there are definitely some question marks on the Vikings' side, certainly on defense. For the Saints, they only really have one big concern, but it is a significant one. It's at safety, and it's Marcus Williams. One of the best safeties in football is questionable with a groin injury, so he may not play. If he does, he may be limited, which means you could see more Kirk Cousins deep balls deep into that secondary for Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and just the good receiving options that the Vikings do have. You could see a little bit more of the Kirk Cousins deep ball in this game if he senses that Marcus Williams is limited. This has revenge game written all over it for me. The New Orleans Saints are the better football team top to bottom. I would say the Vikings have a better defense, but the Saints defense is no pushover either. So if you think of those things as at least close to similar, you got to give the offensive edge to the Saints, especially how they've been playing lately. I like the Saints in this one at home. We're going to take New Orleans. I think, is that our first favorite that we've taken to win straight up? It is, in fact. So... We'll go with it. Let's take the Saints to win over the Minnesota Vikings. But against the spread, the Saints are favored by eight points. This would be a good, um, if you were going to do a parlay, this would be a good number to parlay down to like Saints minus two. Man, it's, I mean, the Saints only covered as an above touchdown favorite against the spread this year against non-playoff teams. They did not cover that number against teams that actually made the playoffs. And a couple of times they didn't cover the number at all. Like they didn't cover one game against Carolina and uh, the loss against Atlanta. They were, a, they were like a double digit favorite in that game and they didn't cover. So I think, just think that's too many points. Like I feel like, I feel like New Orleans could wind up running away with it, which is kind of what scares me. We're going to come back to the against the spread play because I may talk myself out of my pick. I'm very confident on the total. The total's 49 and a half points. I have this game at a mid 50, so I feel really good about telling you to go over 49 and a half points. That seems like a layup to me in a dome stadium. We're going to have plenty of points over 49 and a half. Against the spread, Saints minus eight. Let's do it. Like if I, I trust them so much to win, and if this really is the revenge game that we see, that I kind of feel like it's going to be, then you know what? The hell with it. We're gonna we're gonna take them to cover. So we're gonna go New Orleans minus eight points. So we got Saints winning. We got the Saints covering the minus eight. We're gonna go over 49 and a half points in New Orleans, Minnesota. Let's go New Orleans 34, Minnesota 24. And the final game we're going to look at, the final game of the week, the NFC 4 versus 5 matchup of the Seattle Seahawks visiting Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And I got a little something to talk about with Philly. 
So Seattle, 11 and five this season, the second seed out of the NFC West. They were right in it for the division right up until the end of the year. The number eight total offense in football this season, as well as the number four run offense, despite the injuries to Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, and the number nine scoring offense in football. Now, there is a downside to that. They were actually the seventh worst total defense in the NFL this season, which I think would be a bigger deal were they playing a better offense. The Eagles, 9-7 and seven on the season, champions of the abysmal NFC East, the number 10 total defense in football, and the number 3 run defense. So you got a top 5 run offense going up against a top 3 run defense. That is the interesting, the really interesting matchup for me in this game. And finally, we have a head-to-head matchup from the regular season. Back in week 12, Seattle went to Philadelphia and picked up a 17-9 victory over the Eagles. Once again, that was back in week 12. Average games this season, Seattle's scoring has been right pretty well dead even. 25 to 25 on average this season. Philadelphia holds a two-point edge over opponents 24 to 22. We're going to talk about the last four games, and then I'm going to get my little rant about the Eagles out of my system, and then we can move on. It's going to make Eagles fans mad. I'm not going to apologize for it because I'm right, but it is what it is. So the last four games, Seattle has really limped into these playoffs. They're only one and three over the last four games. They've been outscored by a full touchdown. That included back-to-back losses to the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals, which is a game that I did not think Seattle was going to lose, but they did lose that game. They beat Carolina before that, but had a loss to the Rams about a month ago. The Eagles, their last four games, they're 4-0. They're outscoring opponents by 10 points, 28 to 18. That included wins over the Giants twice, Dallas and Washington. Okay, so here we go. Little bit of rant time. I tweeted about this this morning. So if you follow me on Twitter, pardon me for repeating myself. I don't know who in the Philadelphia Eagles front office did what favor to who in the NFL schedule makers office, but somebody in that equation really wanted the Eagles to win this division. The Eagles' last five games were the cupcakiest of cupcake schedules. First of all, they somebody tried to feed them the Miami Dolphins, and Miami up and won that game, so nuts to you guys. But then the Giants, the Redskins, Dallas, who is not a good football team, and you kind of had a feeling... Dallas is not going to be a great football team this year. And then the Giants again. Somebody in that equation really wanted the Eagles to win the division. If that's their final five games, like nary a good team to be found. And I'll double down on that. And I even doubled down on Twitter this morning. The Philadelphia Eagles have not beaten a good team in half the season. They have not beaten what I would qualify as a good team since week eight. They went to Buffalo and they beat Buffalo. That's a good win. Since then, they've either lost to good teams or beaten not good teams. So the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs at 9-7, and 9-7 and seven is even a misnomer of a record because this is not a good football team. This is a football team that over the last month beat up on bad opponents in order to squeak into the playoffs, which they really shouldn't have deserved, Had they been in a stronger division, they wouldn't be here. 
And look, this is not me saying the Philadelphia Eagles are a bad football team, but they're not a good football team either. This is a, just a team that beat up on opponents that they're supposed to beat up on, had one game of significance in the last five or six weeks, and hasn't beaten a good team for half the season. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles are to me. Rant over. Sorry for the people that I pissed off, but I seem to do that at least once a season. I get one fan base that starts to absolutely hate me because they think I'm picking on them. Sorry if I'm picking on you with facts. Now that we got that out of our system, let's move on. The last four games situationally, so Seattle on the road and Philly at home. Seattle, 3-1 and one in their last four games on the road. Now, that one loss, the loss against the Rams, was a bit of a blowout because the scoring in those games, despite being 3-1, and one, is only 22 to 22. So they had a win against Carolina, which was their last road game of the season. They lost against the Rams, the road game before that, and then had back-to-back road wins in Philadelphia and against the San Francisco 49ers. So again, you highlight that week 12 game against Philly. They picked up that win, but then the game before that, they beat the team that won the division. Philadelphia's last Four games in their own building. They were two and two, scoring in those games very low, only 15 to 15. They had the back-to-back wins, division games over Dallas and the New York Giants. But before that, loss against Seattle and loss against the Patriots. So when you put this Eagles team up against good football teams, even in their own building, they came up a little short, didn't they? Both of these teams have some playoff experience over the last three years. However, of course, before Eagles fans start screaming at me, yes, Philly's got that Super Bowl. They got that Super Bowl. They earned it. They beat the Patriots with Nick Foles, but still, they beat the Patriots. Seattle's got three games of playoff experience in the last three years. They've only won one of them. They did miss the playoffs one year. Philly has five games. They've won four of those five games, including the NFC Conference Championship and the Super Bowl. So full marks to this Eagles team and this Eagles franchise. You've got the edge in terms of recent playoff experience. You absolutely do. However, one place you don't have the edge is on the injury list in this game. Seattle's only really got one. It's a pretty significant one. It's arguably their best offensive lineman in Dwayne Brown. He is out indefinitely dealing with a knee injury. He hasn't been put on IR, so there is, of course, the chance that he could come back. Uh, you won't see him in this game. He would need to practice uh, today, probably, and get another practice in maybe tomorrow in order to possibly play in this game. I don't think he's going to. But you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's basically their Pro Bowl roster. <laughs> which is on the an, an injury concern and a significant one heading into this week. Zach Ertz at tight end, right at the top of the list. Questionable with a rib injury. He'll probably play, but I mean, look, a rib injury only takes one hit and, and that could send you out for the rest of the game. Nelson Aguilar has been downgraded to doubtful in this game with a knee injury. That's three and a half catches a game that could be out the window for Carson Wentz. Lane Johnson, arguably the best tackle in football. He's questionable with an ankle injury. Brandon Brooks at guard was just put on IR on Christmas Day with a shoulder injury. Fletcher Cox on the defensive line. He's questionable with a tricep injury. A lot of Philadelphia's key players are possibly going to neither not play in this game or be significantly limited. Not exactly great timing. Uh, Seahawks all day, every day. Seattle wins this game. I don't think it's a blowout, but I think it's relatively comfortable. Uh, garbage time could make it a little bit closer than what it is. 
that I, I feel pretty darn good about telling you to take Seattle in this one. And so does Vegas, because Vegas has Seattle as a point and a half favorite against the spread. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Worth noting the Seahawks 5-2-1 and one against the spread on the road this season, whereas Philly only covered three of eight numbers against the spread at home. Take Seattle, lay the point and a half. Total in the game set at 45 points. I liked this as an under anyway. There is rain in the forecast, kind of like there is in New England. I capped it at a low 40, so I feel pretty good about sticking under 45 points in Seattle and Philadelphia. Let's take Seahawks 24, Eagles 17. All right, folks, those are your picks for wildcard weekend in the NFL 2019. We'll go over the picks here with you one more time. On the AFC side of the docket, I've got the two road teams, the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills beating the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans, respectively. I've got Tennessee 23-20 over New England, so I like Tennessee plus the five points in a game that stays under 44. And I like Buffalo 24-21 over Houston. I like Buffalo plus the two and a half points in a game that goes over 43 and a half. On the NFC side, I've got the New Orleans Saints at home defeating the Minnesota Vikings, revenge for the Minneapolis Miracle. I like them to win that game 34 to 24, so I'm taking New Orleans with the eight points in a game that goes over 49 and a half points. And I've got the Seattle Seahawks in Philadelphia to beat the Eagles 24 to 17. I like Seattle minus the 1.5 in a game that stays under 45 points. Those are your wildcard weekend picks. Let me know what your picks are in the comment section below. And speaking of comments, it's time for the patented comment of the week. Sorry for the change in quality, folks, but I had to re-record the comment of the week because I found out that the original choice for comment of the week uh, was incorrect. <laughs> so, the comment of the week from the Week 17 live stream, in fact, goes to the prog father himself, Geo Knows. His comment, it was post-stream, but his comment was, I'd like to do a live show. You'll have to show me how to do it. I've looked into various software for doing these where you can bring in guests. I think it would be cool. People don't know what goes into producing a show on YouTube. The editing and the rendering sucks. Anyways, good luck with the picks. Sorry, Jail, I needed more luck than I got. Happy New Year. Hashtag, let's take the man's money. Geo, uh, yeah, live shows, they've been fun. Live streaming has been so, so, so much fun. It adds a different element and it certainly cuts down on a ton of the post-production time. So that's a lot of fun too. Geo, yours is the comment of the week from the week 17 live stream. And I'd be more than happy to show you how to do it even better than I've done it. Thank you folks so much for listening to the episode this week. Enjoy wildcard weekend. We will see you again for the division round games where hopefully I get back on my regular Tuesday schedule since today is in fact Thursday. Enjoy the games. We'll see you next week. Go Packers. Thank you.